parents are rejoicing in the cancellation of a long-despised kids' cartoon. White people are finding new ways to gentrify things. Today, it's Mahjong. And yesterday was a stunning day in America. BuzzFeed Social News Editor Stephanie McNeil is here to break down the online response. It's January 7th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. I just want to breathe. Like, you know, after such a day yesterday, but also a bigger day today, the hits keep coming, Casey. It really is something. Thank God we got the podcast done before everything happened because we would have not been able to get through it. Yesterday was a really tough day to concentrate and work. Yeah. And so many people have called me today, friends, colleagues, and they're asking the same question of, are you able to work? Are you able to get through this? And, you know, my, my response to all that is, no, it's tough. It's hard. I mean, doing this is hard and that's okay. Like if you're having a hard time, sit in that and just breathe through it. Um, and, you know, that's all you have control over right now with all this craziness going on that we will walk you through some of it and tell you what's the good and the bad and that's so good. Um, but yeah, it's, if you're feeling the heaviness of it, it's heavy. We're in a coup. We had yes. an attempt to coup. We had a, we're in a pandemic. There's a depression. Climate change is still happening. Like there's still, the world is kind of a mess. 2021 is just drunk 2020. Okay. <laughs> it is. It is. And honestly, if you were still sending emails yesterday, that's the result of capitalism. <laughs> yeah. I saw yeah. that going ar- around too, where it's just like this need to want to work. It's like, okay, it's the work day. I have to work. And it's like, no, th- there's an attempted coup going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like the capital's literally being raided by a mob. It's okay if Suzanne doesn't get your response. It's totally fine. (laughs) Okay, so we're definitely going to talk about this later on. But um, for now, uh, parents are rejoicing over the cancellation of the children's show Caillou. PBS Kids pulled the plug after 20 years on the show, which is about a child who goes on adventures with his friends. PBS Kids posted help for how to discuss the cancellation with kids on, of course, Twitter. Caillou was meant to be an educational show, but parents complained that it instead taught their children how to be bratty and form bad habits. And Zach, as someone who has worked at BuzzFeed for five years and has read comments from parents, I know that to be true. And I've seen some clips. That is one bratty kid. Really? I've never seen the show. You- so there, there's one where at first it starts out cute. It was the one that some people were sharing yesterday where it looks like he has like a new baby brother or a sibling and he's like hugging him. And I'm like, okay, cute so far. And then he pulls at the baby's face until the baby starts crying. Wait, really? Yes. There's like abuse happening. Like there's sibling abuse, abuse happening. Sibling abuse. And I was like, oh my God, this is a children's show. I thought, so when we were prepping for this, I was thinking, you know, oh, this is like Rugrats, you know, like very like soft, fun, you know, some, some harm happening, but this sounds really painful. How did it last for 20 years on PBS? I know some parents like it and kids, you know, kids are enjoying watching it and stuff like that. But a lot of parents, I think it's just like, it's not even how bratty is, but like the voice was annoying. Everything was annoying. And parents were just like, I hate that this show is on. I think I saw like a year ago, one parent, like told their child that Caillou had died <laughs> like, so that they didn't have to watch anymore. <laughs> this is how parents talk about death now. Caillou is gone. This is what happens. You go into like cartoon heaven forever and ever. You never, never terrorize our TV screens. All right, cool. Well, I'm not a parent, so I do not understand the struggle, but I know now not to play Caillou when I do have a kid. Wonderful. 
Meanwhile, we need to talk about white people whitewashing yet another thing. Some of you might be familiar with the tile game Mahjong, which was developed during the Qing Dynasty in China. Those tiles have Chinese symbols and characters on them, so leave it to the founders of the Mahjong line to declare that those symbols and characters, quote, needed a respectful refresh. People online were pissed, saying, quote, three white women with no respect for Chinese culture for the traditional game of Mahjong are out here making $325 trendy Mahjong sets in 2021, wrote Elise Whitney on Twitter. She continued saying traditional symbols aren't fun or stylish enough for you. How did this get made? Find another game. So now the three founders of the company released a statement in the About Us section of the website, which declares, quote, while our intent is to inspire and engage with the new generation of American Mahjong players, we recognize our failure to pay proper homage to the game Chinese heritage. Using words like, quote, refresh, we're hurtful to many, and we are deeply sorry. You can read more about this fiasco in Tanya Chen's piece, Three Women Accused of Whitewashing Mahjong, said they're sorry for not paying homage to its Chinese origins, and I highly suggest it, because I do not understand how in 2021 this is continuing on. (laughs) And Zach, you read that apology, but what I'm not seeing in the apology is them saying that they are now going to stop selling this. (laughs) No, these girls have not said they're pulling the product. They are making coins, so they're going to continue on. That's an expensive set. That's expensive. You may play the game and appreciate the game, but no, it is not your place to try and rebrand it and sell it to make money off of someone else's culture that that you do not know enough about. This is literally the definition of cultural appropriation to its core. And I just, you could have been directing people to actual Chinese sellers of the game, or there's so many other options you could have done or partnered with Chinese companies and been like, let's make a version that's more, maybe more accessible. I don't even know the word, but it's like, there's so many other ways to do this. This is my favorite thing. Um, Sometimes when someone pitches a story uh, and I'll go, you know what? This seems like more of a tweet than a story. (laughs) And that's how I feel about them creating a whole company. (laughs) Sounds like a good tweet. <laughs> that's a that's a diary entry. Go go pray, <laughs> go, go pray on that meditate for a bit. <laughs> so this is much more one of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. Okay. Well, there's absolutely no easy way to transition into this. Uh, yesterday, we all witnessed something so disgusting and appalling happen: a deadly attempted coup at the U.S. Capitol, launched by extremists at the behest of our own president who can't own up to the fact that he lost the election. So what do you do at a time like this? We go online, we vent, we find people to commiserate and connect with, we look for answers, and then we also find human garbage and a ton of misinformation, and also memes. So today we're talking with BuzzFeed News social news editor, Stephanie McNeil. She spent the past 24 hours coming through it all. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So we have to start with this. Mark Zuckerberg announced Facebook and Instagram will be blocking Trump's accounts for the days leading up to Joe Biden's inauguration. Twitter suspended his account for about 12 hours, but that's set to expire soon. Do we think this is all a little too late? I mean, we can go back and forth and back and forth on what Facebook and Twitter should have done. I think that This being their red line in terms of what they're willing to accept is a little suspect. Um, But something that's interesting is Trump hasn't been on Twitter today, even though I'm pretty sure his his thing has expired. So it'll be interesting to see if he's also a little bit muzzled off his Twitter account um, for the next couple of days. I'm not sure. But the general consensus that I've, I've been doing a lot of reading from tech reporters and other people who are, you know, 
experts in social media protocols and the overwhelming vibe I'm getting is this is really too little too late and Facebook is just getting a lot of criticism for this being their red line, like I said. Yeah, they are getting a lot of criticism uh, from everyone, it seems like right now. And, and Trump is gone from the platform for at least two more weeks. But BuzzFeed did release some reporting yesterday through Ryan Mack, um, our colleague in San Francisco, that stated that Facebook did lock out their employees from talking about this yesterday. So what do we know about that situation? Is Facebook uh, blocking employees from even thinking or talking about Trump internally? What Ryan Mack reported was that administrators froze comments on at least three threads uh, where employees were discussing removing Trump from the site. Um, And so... That's a little suspect. Um, apparently, they did that without any apparent explanation. And this is something that Ryan's done a lot of reporting on before, um, which is this internal struggle with Facebook between their outward-facing persona and what employees are thinking and doing internally. I think there's been a lot of strife with Facebook employees. If anything, I think this is just, this is something that's not new with Facebook and dealing with its employees. This is a problem that, you know, isn't just from this, but I certainly think that this is probably one of the most major parts of it that's happened. Yeah, I mean, just like on its face, it's incredibly hypocritical of Facebook to say, you know, everyone should have the right to their First Amendment right of freedom of speech on their platform, but then to silence their own employees seems contradictory. All right, we're taking a quick break, but when we come back, we're continuing our conversation with Stephanie about the Internet's reaction to yesterday's events. Stay right there. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Give us your attention, we need everything you got fast Waiting on reparations, we be the illest podcast Tune in every Thursday, politics and wordplay We fight for the people cause they got us in the worst way From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye From the left enclave to what the neocons say Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation And break us off with some bread cause we waiting on reparations Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played with Chuck Bass. I just can't believe that I did that with my life. Jay, we had like the most amazing time. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with Stephanie McNeil talking about the internet's reaction to yesterday's coup at the Capitol. Some of the most powerful responses we've seen are comparing the actions of police officers during this insurrection and that of the Black Lives Matter protests. So Stephanie, how was that feeling captured on social media and across the internet over the past 24 hours? 
I think that was one of the most compelling things that I personally saw on social media. Um, I know this is something that I've not only seen on Twitter, um, but also on Instagram, on TikTok, and on my personal Instagram feed, which to me is kind of the sign that a sentiment has has really hit every aspect of culture slash every aspect of the internet. Um, And I think one of the reasons why is the power of the imagery that's been produced both from the Black Lives Matter protests, but also the mob scene yesterday. There was a photo circulated that was incorrectly labeled as being from the Capitol building. It was actually from the Lincoln Memorial, but... The sentiment is the same, which shows just, I believe they're National Guard or riot police in full riot gear, just dozens and dozens of them just seeming to stretch on for miles. Um, I know it's not really miles, but that's what it looks like in the photo. And just this show of force that was so big and striking over the summer against a peaceful protest and then juxtaposed with the images from yesterday, which are also striking in how opposite from that scene they were. You know, the Capitol Police was completely overwhelmed. Um, you know, we saw people seeming to walk in and out without really any movement from the police. It's just that the two separate incidents just both the imagery is so powerful and so visceral that when you put it together, the contrast is so incredibly striking that I think, you know, I think it really just made a lot of people really hit them in the gut. I think it it's just very clear the difference of the two situations. And I think it's making a lot of people really take a step back and think and just making them feel, you know, the sense of pure outrage. So, In the aftermath, there's been an ongoing effort to identify people who attended this coup. What have we seen happen so far? There's a lot of stuff floating around social media. I've seen a couple reports that we can't verify because, again, this is all on Twitter at this point um, of some people who were spotted actually by their employers or I don't know if someone emailed their employers or something like that. Um, and they were fired. So that's a rumor going around um, that I'm sure, you know, we'll do some more reporting on the next couple of days. The FBI is also asking for people to identify people seen in the photos. If I were to predict, I would say that over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see a lot of stories along the lines of XYZ uh, Trump supporter now doesn't have a job because they were spotted at the protest. Um, that seems like a pretty likely scenario that's going to keep happening again and again if the rumors are being believed that's already happening. Oh, for sure, for sure. And what's interesting is that for context here, you know, we've been dealing with Trump and Trump's followers for five years now since he's been in the public eye in this way, which has allowed certain people like these QAnon disillusioned people to become famous in their own right. But other celebrities have had their own entanglements with the Trump family. And one of them had quite a day yesterday and her name is Carly Kloss. What happened with her in that situation? I personally find her very fascinating because if you're not familiar, she is married to Jared Kushner's brother, Joshua Kushner. And has gotten a lot of pushback for that. You know, she's been vocal that 
she, you know, supported Biden in the election. She posted about voting for Biden. Um, but, you know, the fact that she is, you know, married into the family that uh, Ivanka Trump is also in um, has led a lot of people to criticize her, um, you know, and she doesn't really speak about it too much. So she tweeted about this yesterday. Um, she said, accepting the results of a legitimate Democratic election is patriotic, refusing to do so, and inciting violence is anti-American. And she's gotten a lot of hate for it, I guess. I think that her whole persona in this is just like a really interesting wrinkle, I don't know, in the situation, but she's definitely in a hard place. Yeah, no, she definitely is because this is like family, her public profile, all these things kind of colliding at once. But talk to us more about other celebrities, you know, since especially the George Floyd stuff uh, protests happening, we've seen celebrities coming out in full force and using their platforms to be political. So how were they handling their platforms online over the past 24 hours? It's so, so interesting. After the Black Lives Matter protests, especially over the summer, there was this real shift online in that you can't just like continue to post your normal nonsense slash normal content um, while huge major political slash cultural events are happening in the U.S. and expect to retain a good amount of your followers. You know, people are really savvy and they want to know that they are following and supporting people. And that includes celebrities, that includes athletes, that includes um, influencers who share their beliefs, you know. This is kind of another one of those watershed moments where people are saying you either need to, you need to say something, you know, you can't just post your normal stuff. You can't even really stay silent. You need to say something. Um, a lot of celebrities are speaking out. Um, I think like I've seen more people talk about this online than I have any other event, which I think is pretty striking, um, even more so than the election. Um, so that's been really interesting to watch. And I think that's because it's just kind of an, uh, it's kind of unavoidable. I mean, we're kind of reaching the point where like, if you're posting that you're, you know, making a smoothie while the capital's getting invaded, people are going to be like, what are you doing? One really interesting thing, and this is, hopefully isn't too much of a tangent, but one thing I've been really interested to see is like how brands are handling this because I don't personally think a brand has the exact same level of responsibility in terms of addressing every single situation. And one thing that's been really funny to me and like, God bless them. Like I know they're, you know, trying their best, but, um, is seeing brands like somehow trying to address this on social media. And it's just kind of cringe and weird. Like, did you see Stephanie? Did you see Chevron oh my put God, out a statement on Twitter calling for a peaceful transition? Yeah, so you're you're exactly right. There's lots of things happening on Twitter where these brands are really engaging. Well, you know, before we let you go, there was one meme that we believe rules them all after yesterday, and that is of the can of Axe spray left in the Capitol after the coup. So, Stephanie, was that it's just like the most symbolic image of our time, that moment? What did you think seeing that? Oh, my God, that was hilarious. Like, you don't even know what to say. Like, it just kind of says it all, right? That says it all. One thing that has been really interesting for me to watch as well um, on the internet is I, you know, I know I personally am very upset and sad and just feel really down about this whole thing. And obviously it's horrible and everyone is horrified about everything that's happening. But like 
people are being also like really funny. And like, there's been a lot of just like silly things too. And obviously, you know, we won't, don't want to downgrade the seriousness of the situation, but that is like, I mean, is it weird to say that that's given me a little bit of hope that like people are still joking on the internet a little bit? I, I don't think it is. And I think that's what TikTok has given us in 2020 and now 2021 is us to be able to laugh, cry through the grief and pain. <laughs> Like that is what's happening. It's a very Gen Z thing, right? Like they're very dry humor. They're very like the world is ending, LOL. Um, and you know, so <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I mean, are they wrong at times? I mean, where th- these young people, a coup, a pandemic, a depression, they can't even go to class. Like I would be laughing too on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I saw a tweet that was like, it was easier to get into the Capitol than Trader Joe's. And I laughed for like 10 minutes. Like that's hilarious. So, I mean, I, I, maybe that's like a little silver lining that people are still, you know, trying to like cheer themselves up a little bit through internet humor. Um, even though I know everyone, no one is downplaying the seriousness of this, but I think, you know, they're trying to cope. And I think that's, that's nice. So we can all laugh at the Axe body spray. <laughs> we can. You are allowed to laugh yeah. at the Axe body spray. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today and for your reporting on such a chaotic day in American history. Thank you. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow for another edition of DM911 with BuzzFeed's Stephen Lacanti. And remember, 2021 is drunk 2020. So prep those beer goggles, everyone. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now.